And welcome back to Pick and Roll with Carter and Cody. So excited to be back here for episode four. Today's episode is going to be the March Madness Final Four Breakdown and Transfer Portal Preview. I'm one of the hosts of Pick and Roll, Cody Webb, and I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Carter Sims, who hopefully does uh, not enter the podcast portal himself. But yeah, how are we doing today, Carter? I would only enter the portal if that means I'm leaving Jackson and joining you permanently, <laughs> replacing Corbin. Wow. I'm doing great. Um, I'm repping my uh, Jim Nance collection by Vineyard Vines, and uh, I'm ready to seize the day and wrap up the last, se- or this last season of college basketball, which was uh, a wild one. So happy to yeah. talk it with you. 100%. I'm Jack to be here. And uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we're just going to quickly kind of break down the final four and some of our favorite moments overall from the tournament. First off, I mean, shout out Jim Nance, legend gone in the industry, I would say. And this being his last yes. final four, I think it was a good one for him. Um, nice of you for supporting him through your, your vineyard find as well. Um, of course. Yeah. Have to. <laughs> 100%. But I said we jump straight into it talk about these final four games because there was a lot of craziness that went down. Yeah, I'll throw it over to you as well. I mean, that first game with San Diego State FAU was just absolutely madness. Yeah, definitely the uh, the highlight of the two games that happened in the final four. And I know definitely for you, you're a big Miami guy over there. But yeah, the San Diego State game was awesome. I mean, some would call it the Florida Atlantic magic, but I, I, I think we, you and I both agree that they were pretty amazing all year like they lost what four games all year five games yeah. when it was most, said and done most wins um, at the end of the year too just crazy yeah and now people are like i mean you could technically call them a cinderella but i mean it, on paper they were 90 but i think they were much better than that so it was excited i was excited to see that run i was sad to see it end um just because you know we're mountain west haters and i think we were <laughs> we were silenced this year perhaps <laughs> So, yeah, I just thought it was it really just one of those things where it comes down to last play and uh, Lamont Butler with the amazing buzzer beater. And what was it, the first buzzer beater in a Final Four game when the team is down? Is that a stat that I read or something like that? Uh, so. Something like that. Yeah, because, I mean, there have been a few. I mean, obviously the Jalen Slug shot, but that, the game was tied, obviously. So right. it being in that moment where you're down one, there's only one second left. Like just unbelievable yeah. pressure. So shout out, uh, you know, Lamont Butler off the top here. As did well. you think? Did you think live that he had his foot stepped out of bounds on that play on the baseline there? Because a lot of people were like, "Oh, he went out of bounds," and blah 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 blah. Yeah, I honestly did. Yeah, but then at, I at did the too. Time, like the shot too. I was like, "Oh, that's going in 100 um, percent." Yeah, but yeah, that that like slow mo replay of him just like skidding right before the line. Incredible. Um, the classic one as well, but. Honestly, one of the best teams in the tournament, too. FAU showed up. Elijah Martin, I believe, had like 25, 26, which I think yeah. was five for the tournament. And San Diego State's offense came to play. I mean, yeah. this was by far the most points they had scored in the tournament up to that point as well. And we kind of had, in our prediction show in the last one, too, we were like, it could go either way. It could come down to the last shot. I picked FAU, of course, and you picked San Diego State. So props to you. But, uh, yeah, a really, really fun game. And um, the second game was not as fun. I mean, you can't really compare it to that first one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my boys, the Hurricanes, uh, I became a Hurricane fan over the the span of March this year. Uh, they had a, you know, it was an okay ending. They kind of didn't show up as well offensively as they had played. Uh, Wuga Poplar, who was my DiVincenzo pick. I believe yeah. Zero points. <laughs> so not yeah, nothing from Poplar. Yeah. Yeah. Wuga 
Uh, he he may have uh, missed some sleep the, the night before or something. But yeah. <laughs> he was nervous. I mean, it just he showed. Heard the, he heard the podcast and was like, "Oh no, no, I've got all, I've got these butterflies. I got to impress Cody." Tough. <laughs> Too much pressure from Wuga. Uh, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's really just UConn's dominance, I think. And uh, I'll throw it over to you, but yeah, they're big guys. I mean, pretty much just dominated the the Final Four in general. Yeah, this was just from the from the get go. Like, I mean, this is what Indiana fans were rationalizing when we played them that our bigs would be they our their bigs would no, be no match for like Trace Jackson Davis, and it turned out to be the case in this game because what Sonogo went for like twenty one and ten, yep. Wong and Miller, you know, they had good games. The guard play was was decent, but they weren't really getting much help from anyone else, and especially on the defensive end and the big with the big man. So Sonogo kind of dominated and just kind of out of their depth, Miami, but. Not to dis- discredit the year that Miami had. I mean, I don't think anyone would have assumed the cream of the crop of the ACC this year would have been the Miami Hurricanes. So yeah. shout out to them for not for beating the Dukes and the UNCs of the world. And the UNCs of the world wasn't hard to do, but shout out to them. Yeah, true. And those three Final Four teams who were not the winners, just really cool stories for them all year. First time all three of those have ever been in the Final Four. So yeah, obviously nothing to hang their heads on there. And then, yeah, moving on to the championship game, too. It was a fun one. I mean, San Diego State hung around a little bit more than I thought people than people probably thought they would, excuse me. Um, but, of course, I mean, we were talking about DiVincenzo moments. Tristan Newton um, sort of yeah. security, uh, just absolutely went off, uh, which is fun to see. And uh, Sunogo and Hawkins did their piece as well. But just a really good team effort from UConn. And it was cool to see Dan Hurley, uh, you know, get a ship and, and bring it home for the Huskies. I would say this probably does make them a certified blue blood. It is tough to break into that sort of category, but yeah, do you think they are at that that moment yet? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just with they've had what they've had five championships in the past is it twenty years? Twenty five yeah. years. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I know a lot of the blue bloods like to hang their hats, Indiana especially, on just the storied history um, and the dusty banners. But I mean, they're they're proving it, you know, in the in the in the present. So shout out to them. And I don't, you know, I don't see any reason that the success has to stop. So it's weird. Like UConn has been like, they're either all in or they like, just don't make the tournament, you know, like that's kind of been their track record the past couple of years. Um, but it's cool to see UConn get a dub. Like when the women aren't winning, I guess the men are winning. I guess that's their mantra now. <laughs> so yeah. Cool to see Dan Hurley and cool to see Bobby Hurley there too, supporting his brother. Shout out the Hurley brothers. But yeah, like you said, Newton, I mean, he was the leading scorer on this team. So uh, for this game. So, you know, Sonogo had 17 and 10, you know, Hawkins had 16, but Newton went for a double, double 19 and 10. So incredible. But yeah, like you said, San Diego state was, was hanging around at the beginning. You know, they shot, a, made a couple threes right at the start at the jump, a couple unorthodox Yukon turnovers to start the game. There was a crazy, I don't know. It was a San Diego state or, or Yukon. They, they went for a, a jam and like the ball damn near went all the way into the backcourt the ball off the back of the rim. Um, I think it was San Diego State. San Diego State went for a a slam and it went all the way back, which reminds me, deflate your balls, NCAA tournament. Your balls are way too bouncy. Players and coaches all said that this this year. So you can tell that people who have never like played basketball or touched a basketball inflated those balls all the way to the brim. So shout out to bouncy balls. (laughs) Love that. Uh, sort of anti-deflate gate. Uh, yes. Shout out Tom Brady. Pro-deflate gate. That's yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, I think overall the championship game was was definitely pretty entertaining. I think it was one of the most, or one of the least viewed, excuse me, from the past few years, which does make sense. I mean, yeah. San Diego State, I don't think has a massive following. 
And uh, I mean, UConn was like seven and a half, eight and a half point favorites as well. So nobody expected too much. Um, yeah, another fun fact too. Uh, this was the second highest seeded uh, Final Four of all time. And the only one that beat it was uh, a UConn winning year as well, which is really weird. It was the seven seeded uh, Ryan Boatwright, Shabazz Napier versus the eight seed oh, yeah. uh, Coach Cal Kentucky. So I guess in the past 10 years, it's either been a one seed who wins it all or UConn. Um, <laughs> so just some really weird statistical anomalies. But yeah, I think UConn is a certified blue blood at this point. And I, I think they have a very good chance of repeating next year. Bringing back a lot of guys. Jordan Hawkins did just declare for the you know, NBA draft like within the hour, I believe, which was not yeah. expected. But they're bringing back a lot of guys. And of course, with the transfer portal, uh, they will be making moves as well. Yeah, I think I I read something that the past four winners of the NCAA tournament uh, were never the at any point in the AP top 25 number one in the poll, yeah. which is kind of a wild stat. So next year, if your team is number one, just see ya. <laughs> Sorry, you have no shot. Yeah, everyone's hoping they're not like the preseason number one team <laughs> just because you're not winning at all. That, that's basically what it's telling you there. But awesome. And uh, any other thoughts on the final four in general? Or No, I mean, it just, I mean, this, the narrative was UConn just dominated the whole tournament. I don't think there was ever really much of a question if they were going to win a game when the, when tip happened, if only if in the final four, maybe a couple minutes, I mean, Hey, Rick Pitino and the Gales, I think they were up at halftime, right? On UConn. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so you had that. And then I think after that, they figured it out and we're like, yeah, we're not fucking around anymore. Let's just do it. So yeah, shout out to the Huskies and excited to see what happens next year. And I think all these teams in the Final Four will be able to remain relevant and stay. I like Florida Atlantic, they're bringing back pretty much everybody too. Be on the lookout for them as well next year. So yeah, fun tournament. Our teams didn't make it. It's one of those things where like when your teams are out of it, then you're just like, okay, now I can just watch un- unabashedly unbiased and have a good time watching basketball. So Love that as well. We can just witness greatness a little bit and not... Not be so not experience uh, it. Yeah, not be so enthralled and losing, which is awesome. Yeah. But sweet. Great wrap up there. Just some small sort of uh tournament favorites uh that we're gonna select as well, sort of wrapping everything up in the tournament wise. Just three quick ones. Favorite team, favorite moment, favorite game of the tournament. You can definitely start off with favorite team. And uh I'll throw it over to you first. What was your favorite team of the tournament, Gary? Uh I loved my owls, man. I loved Florida yeah. Atlantic. I loved watching them. Um, I just loved them kind of proving the haters wrong again and again and again. And no one still people aren't taking them seriously. Like when they lost, they're like, well, yeah, they had to lose. You know, they're a mid-major, blah, blah, blah. They never make it. So I just enjoyed seeing them do that all the way to the final four. Kind of had a nice path for themselves set up when when Purdue lost. Um, so mm-hmm. so yeah, uh, shout out my owl, shout out Dusty May, who I think is going to remain at Florida Atlantic. So he's uh, at least as of now very loyal and a lot of people are saying you know give woodson another five years and then he's taking the indiana job so that's those are in the tea leaves just so just so you know hoosier fans are chatting but we'll see yeah i feel like hoosier fans are always a little complacent with their coach um any Mm -hmm. anybody just like in the indiana region who like has a good year they're like oh bring him down that's in and then there's (laughs) always there's always brad stevens murmurs as well so you always got those going I would love to see that as well, to be fair. But yeah, I, I completely back it. I had two picks for this, and the FAU Owls were 100% my first pick as well. Very nice. Like you mentioned, it, it made it a lot easier to root for them too uh, when they didn't have to face Purdue second round, and they they were able to take out Fairleigh Dickinson, which, uh, you know, 
I was pretty happy to see in general. And then continuing on the run after that was obviously super special. But you touched on it. My second team that I wanted to shout out as well was the K-State uh, Wildcats. Um, yeah. I feel like this was kind of America's team low-key. Uh, Jerome Tang is kind of, you know, in the national spotlight just with his, uh, you know, pregame, you know, music selection, which is <laughs> really, really fun. But just the duo of Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson was absolutely electric every single game they're in. And uh, specifically that uh, Michigan State overtime thriller um, yeah. with, of course, the no look lob, uh, which is going to be a March staple, I think, as well over the next four or five years, showing that just constantly. But yeah, th- those two teams, I think, were m- the most fun to watch, probably, which is all you can ask for. 100%. Back that. Awesome. Uh, moving on to the favorite moment. I'll kick us off for this one. I have a couple picks. I'll just shout out my first one. And I harped on it a bunch in our last episode, but it is going to be Furman versus Virginia. Yeah. What? Just There's something about that that first couple games on the first day. And if a crazy upset happens, it's just unbelievably memorable, in my opinion. And of course, Kihei Clark uh, just throwing a grenade to nowhere. <laughs> uh, something I'll never forget either. And then, of course, the the iconic call with that, too. But yeah, the Furman Paladins, you know, they didn't do much in the second round, but they were able to take down the Cavs in the first and uh, was definitely one of my faves in the tournament. I had that one as well. Just just a great tone setter, you know, being the second game of the tournament. Every year you're you're just yearning for that buzzer beater when it's going to happen in the first round. Yeah. Was psyched to see it happen here. Um, so yeah, that was a great game to watch. Great moment. Feel for Virginia, but great moment for the Paladins. But since I knew you wouldn't mention it, my favorite moment was uh, uh, fairly Dickinson Purdue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just pretty remarkable. I watched that. I was watching that. I was out to dinner. Um, uh, they had a TV on, and everyone was like, "Oh, what is this really going to happen?" And and yeah, it happened. So that was a pretty incredible moment. And then typical, you know, head. Typical head coach, great success in the in the tournament. Gets goes to a a higher power school, ruins the school's momentum. Everything, blah blah <laughs> blah blah blah. Like St. Peter's now is dog water, you know, yeah. from last year. So, same story, same song, different verse. Now he's I don't uh, I forget where he went. Did he go to uh I, I, I think Iona. Oh, Iona? oh yeah. that's right. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, I went to Iona. So maybe he can get some stuff done there. We'll see, but. Uh, but yeah, fairly Dickinson. That was really fun. And just watching the coach like kind of just like blabber on and on and unfiltered. And he he just kind of had a motor mouth. It was kind of fun to watch. So so yeah. And then obviously they got their their asses handed to them by the owls. So yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite moment with the firm in Virginia. Really definitely cool. a great pick. I mean, you can't argue against a 16 seed against one. That would have been mine if it would have been anybody else. Anyone else. <laughs> um, so yeah, respect there. My second moment that I did want to sh- uh quick out. Quickly shout out as well. Uh, it's going to be the Arkansas Kansas game. I think again, it's just one of those, and I feel like down the road, like five, ten years, like we'll just look back and I'll be like, "What was going on in 2023 when Eric Musselman <laughs> took his shirt, took his shirt off, off and started doing chants in front of the entire Arkansas uh, crowd?" That's also a really just great game overall, which we'll talk yeah. about next of, of some great games. But that moment at the end of of Musselman waving his shirt around is. It's going to be ingrained in my brain, I think, for the rest of the time. So as it should, yeah, have to for better out. or worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but sweet. Moving on to our last category here, favorite game of the tournament. I mean, you can name probably about ten or fifteen of these here, but I'll throw it over to you, Carter. What was your favorite game or favorite game? Um, I I actually did just narrow it down to one. My favorite game pick was the UCLA Gonzaga game. Uh, yeah. 
that had a lot of juice going into it. You know, a, a rematch of sorts of a 2020 matchup rivals, some West coast rivals and, and it really delivered Gonzaga sneaks out with it and then just absolutely drops an egg in the next game. But doing the, but again, doing the Villanova play, doing the J Wright play, just scooping it, shooting a logo three, just great stuff onions. And it was amazing. Um, <laughs> And Hami, again, Hami Hawkes down the stretch. It was just a back and forth game, which is what you love to see. Like the defense kind of <laughs> simmers away in the final two minutes and people just make unbelievable shots because they're just trying to will themselves to win. So, so yeah, tough loss for uh, the Big Ten down the stretch. And we'll see if they can, we'll see if UCLA can boost our our Big Ten resume in the tournament next year when we, when we, when we get them. So, yeah. so yeah, that was my favorite game for sure. Great pick. Yeah, I, I would think they would help uh boost the Big Ten. That would be funny as well if like the first official Big Ten winner in like the it's past twenty years like was UCLA. I think that'd be really ironic. But yeah, great pick. Drew Timmy, unbelievable that game. And then of course Straw their uh unbelievable moment there too. Um I did have a couple games I wanted to shout out. I mean the obvious one is San Diego State FAU. I feel like yeah. that will go down in, in tournament history. Um, my more underrated one, which I will touch on a little bit more, is going to be the Elite Eight matchup of Miami versus Texas. Nice. I'll tell you what, man, these are just two unbelievable teams. And uh, Miami being down like 10, 15 deep into the second half, and then mm-hmm. just going on a crazy run, um, I think it's one of the more underrated games. And one of those live that I was watching too that I feel like I'll remember for a long time as well. Shout out Jordan Miller, just absolutely went off, did not miss from the field that game. It's like 12 for 12 from the line as well. So a lot of fun moments there. But yeah, like I said, you could have picked 20 different games here and, and I would not have argued with you. So yeah, pretty great tournament overall. Yeah, one of the most chaotic and, and most fun in, in recent memory. Definitely. Uh, so that's our tournament wrap up. The next uh, you know segment we're going to be going into here is talking about the transfer portal. Portal combat, as uh, I've heard a lot of a lot of talk on Twitter, <laughs> just absolutely madness kind of ensuing the season, which is so much fun, kind of like NBA free agency in a sense. Um, but to start off, too, we're actually going to play a little fun portal game from this past year. So we're going to name a couple of the people who were possibly, you know, players in the tournament, pretty much just anybody in general who you want to bring up. And then uh, you're going to give multiple choice options of where they had portaled from. And the other person is going to have to guess uh, based off those options. Do you want to start Carter? Or do you want me to throw it, throw one at you? Uh, throw one at me first. So let me get my juices flowing here. All right. I got you. We're going to start off with uh, one of our favorite teams that we talked about here, the FAU Owls, who did have oh a few transfers. But the one that I am going to focus on to start is going to be their starting shooting guard, Brian Greenlee who, spoiler alert, actually came from a Big Ten team. And I don't know if you know which one it is, Carter, but my uh, uh, multiple choice for you is going to be the Michigan Wolverines, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, or the Minnesota Golden Gophers for Brian. I was hoping one of them would be Indiana so I could eliminate that one. (laughs) Um, Brian Greenlee. Did this guy play? Did you know if he played at all? I don't Uh, remember this He did not. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to say... I'll just go with Fred Hoiberg. I'll go Nebraska. Good guess. Uh, it is actually the the Golden Gophers. Oh, the Gophers. It's surprising he didn't play because the past Damn. few years they have been unbelievably bad. But yeah, I didn't know that either. I was kind of just looking at FAU's roster, seeing if they did have a, a couple of weird transfers. And uh, yeah, shout out Brian Greenlee. I mean, one of their key guys, obviously. And probably was it was a good move to leave, I would say. But yeah. yeah. Was- shout out Big Ten. Just getting rid of your players. Send yeah. them to Florida. Very nice. 
Well, cool. I'll uh, I'll keep the trend going then. I have a player. Uh, his name is Jacob Grandison, and this season he played for Duke in the tourney, and mm-hmm. and played might be a strong a strong word, but uh, he also came from a Big Ten school. Um, it sounds like you might already know. I'm looking at you shaking your head. Um, Possibly. Did you even want me to give you multiple choice? Or are you gonna are you gonna one up me here? I'd love to hear your multiple choice. All right, I'll give you some multiple <laughs> choice. Uh, we got Iowa, Illinois, or Wisconsin. Mm. Good picks. Um, I believe it is Illinois. Um, I think he's on like their one seeded team COVID year as well as a freshman. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah. So shout out Granderson. I think he's underrated. If Duke just doesn't like dominate the transfer portal every year, he probably would have played yeah. a lot too, but they, they kind of just had a stacked roster with a lot of freshmen this year too. Yeah. That's what the NIL turns into all that stuff and the transfers. It is really wild. The transfer portal, man. And it used to be a thing where like, if you didn't get a lot of playing time, you know, you just go somewhere else and get some playing time. And it was kind of an opportunity, but now like guys, we'll get to that later, but like Hunter Dickinson and Caleb love are just leaving to just try something new out. It is literally NBA free agency. It's, it's ring chasing. It's wonderful stuff, isn't it? So it is. It's all about who can get you the most money in a sense too, but yeah, love that. Love, love we both started out with some big Ted transfers as well. Uh, Got to. Another one at you here. I'll go over to uh, the Miami Hurricanes, which is obviously one of my favorite teams. Got to just keep them involved with the conversation, of course. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to throw Jordan Mailer at you. I don't know if you do know this one. I don't, I don't make the multiple options a little bit hard as well. So uh, for Jordan Miller, uh, did he come from George Mason, George Washington, or Georgia? Oh, my God. You're hitting me with the Georgias, huh? Man, where did uh, I feel like? I feel like I remember because there was like Laranega ties to it. So I think it's George Mason. Yeah, that is correct. Nice. <laughs> it was just weird because, I mean, Laranega definitely does still have ties with the university, I would guess. Um, yeah. It's kind of just strange, like the two teams he's taken to the Final Four and George Mason was like mid-2000s. He hasn't yeah. been there forever, but he got a really good transfer from there. But yeah, shout out Jordan Miller, one of the most underrated players in the country and Kind of came from obscurity from George Mason. So pretty cool there. Very nice. Well, cool. So I actually have an example of somebody who did transfer out of a, a bigger school to go to a smaller school to get some playing time. This guy's name is Quincy Adamokoya. Okay. Um, <laughs> he played for Kennesaw State in the tournament. Okay. And uh, he came from one of these three schools. We have Temple, VCU, or UCF? Mm. Uh, this is a really good one. <laughs> you stumped me already. It's an uh, obscure uh, one, man. This is obscure. I love Kennesaw State was a good squad. I feel like for some reason I'm thinking Temple, so I'm just going to guess that. You would be correct, sir. The Temple wow. Owls, baby. Uh, yeah, I just I picked it just mainly because I loved his name. Quincy <laughs> Adam Okoya. And yeah, he, you know, uh, against Xavier, he had uh, two points in 15 minutes of gameplay. So. <laughs> Nice. Went very obscure. I don't, doesn't seem like he played very much for yeah. them. But yeah, shout out to him for out. shout out to him for trying to leave Temple and get some playing time and just <laughs> uh, didn't really work out for him. He played certainly played more games. He played thirty five games, but yeah. averaged four point five points. That's all you can ask for. Just get on the floor, and uh, he's got to be at least an honorable mention on the all tournament name team as well. Got to so, be. Gotta love be. that one as well. But great pick there. Uh, my last one, I'll throw him for at you. I feel like this one could be tough, but it's a it's a pretty well known player. It's a Serge Ibari Rice. 
somebody else who I just can't stop really talking about from Texas uh, had an insane tournament overall and was my sixth man of the year uh, in the tournament. Uh, but I'm not sure if you do know where he came from. It's kind of an obscure place. So my multiple choice is going to be the Boise State Broncos, uh, the New Mexico State Aggies, or the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. Oh, man. Was he a gaucho? Sounds like a gaucho name. Um, yeah, I'll go I'll go UC Santa Barbara just for the gaucho love because I love their jerseys. <laughs> True. They definitely made the all-tournament jersey team if you watch our last episode. It is unfortunately not the gauchos. Ah. It is New Mexico State. Oh, and- man. Talk out. about a basketball program, huh? <laughs> yeah. Shout out the Whack. He was the Whack player of the year last year. Um, but yeah, really great player. And kind of just cool to see too. Like, I feel like mid-majors, like uh tournament, I mean not tournament, mid-major players of the year in their conferences, like coming up and getting a, you know an actual chance and you know, power five conferences, and then go off like Serge Bobby Rice did is is really cool to see. But yeah, another just like really obscure one that I feel like <laughs> normal people even like college basketball fans would have never guessed he would have come from new mexico state so no. yeah but shout out to the new mexico state program who yeah. uh in in a bad context season yeah. suspended this year tough looks <laughs> but uh yeah. good thing he transferred too yeah it was probably good juju to get out cool um i'm gonna end on one you you might know probably because i just wanted to pick another big 10 guy but his name is frankie collins he played for arizona state for for our hurley boy now, did he play for Michigan, Michigan State, or Minnesota? Yeah, another good one. I do know this one just because it is Big Ten and it is the yep. Michigan Wolverines. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not a bad guard. And I believe he pretty much started every every game for Arizona State this year as well. So good move, I would say. Yeah, he played 31 games for, for the Wolverines uh, last season. But yeah, I think he started every game for Arizona State. So heck of a player. Probably a, a good decision to transfer out. So yeah, averaged three points with the Wolverines and averaged like 10 points with the the Sun Devils. That's what we want to see. So nice. Yeah, love that. Shout out, Frankie. Uh, Shout out. Wow. So that'll conclude our our fun little game talking about last year. Uh, the next segment is just going to be talking about all of the craziness in the transfer portal this year. So I'll just rattle off a few uh, people who have already committed as well um, to kind of talk about them. So first off the bat, I mean, right right when the tournament pretty much started, midway point when teams lost, guys pretty much right away didn't even wait for the tournament to end as well which was just madness a few of the uh named guys jj starling from notre dame who is a highly touted prospect is going to syracuse uh Bayheim list but he's, he's still going there for some reason uh past that jameer nelson jr of course uh, the son of jameer nelson who was in the tournament last year for delaware not sure why he didn't transfer out last year but he finally did this year and he committed to tcu which is going to be a lot of fun seeing him there. So yeah, definitely look out for him in the Big 12 next year. And then another one too, and then I'll throw it to you, but uh, Jameson Battle, the uh, another Minnesota Golden Gopher, who was kind of you know highly touted coming into the transfer portal. I think a lot of people wanted him. Ended up going to Ohio State, which I think was not really on a lot of people's shortlist. But of course, there's tons of other, a lot of smaller guys in, you know who have come out, committed already to... But the big one, which was just announced today, and I definitely want to hear your thoughts on, it's, of <laughs> course, Caleb Love. Um, you know, he committed to Michigan kind of out of nowhere. But I guess what, what are your general thoughts on that? Uh, so, so yeah, people were prognosticating that uh, it might happen that Caleb Love to IU. Archie recruited him when he was here. Um, so there were some some whispers there. 
Michigan kind of kind of came out of the woodwork, I, I would say. I think down the stretch, it was between Michigan and Missouri. And I believe Caleb Love is from Missouri, the state. I don't know where, if Columbia is near where he was from. But yeah, but yeah I came down to them. And I honestly think like UNC to Missouri is not even a lateral move, probably. Like I think I think UNC to Michigan is pretty level and maybe you know maybe my guy just loved jordan brand so much so he was like i just gotta go to i, I can't get out of into adidas i can't live the three-stripe life so <laughs> so maybe he just wanted to go to michigan but yeah i think juan howard you know he's good at recruiting and i think a lot of players like playing for him it's gonna be an interesting mix because they had um Tra- who just committed today also like trey jackson i think too from michigan so they have a lot of They've got a lot of weapons, but it, the the question is going to be if they can work together and and coincide. Uh, like I was already imagining a world where Xavier Johnson and Caleb Love were playing point guard, and I I that kind of scared me. So yeah, I'm a little happy it happened, but also it's nice to have just a guy who will unconsciously shoot the ball and usually make it kind of. So <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm excited to play him again in Assembly Hall this year and hopefully beat him. So that'll be a good time. Uh, well said there. I was a little bit surprised he didn't go to IU. I feel like that's kind of where the momentum was taking him. And yet, like you said, like Missouri was always in the hunt, but I never really took them too seriously. Um, D- Dennis Gates, is, and especially last year too, he pretty much dominated the transfer portal. Yeah. So they, they had to be, of course, mentioned. But yeah, Michigan kind of just RKO out of nowhere, I feel like, today. Juwan Howard can recruit. Like you said, he, he in the past few years, he's gotten tons and tons of like five-star prospects. And this is a massive get from the portal. So I expect, I mean, them to keep hunting. Obviously, uh, another guy we will talk about, Hunter Dickinson, mm. sort of has left their front court, you know, with a lot of availabilities. So I think they will continue to, to do some work in the portal. But I think a lot of people hate on Juwan Howard, and I think he's doing a lot of good things for the Michigan program. So shout out to him. You know, as long as he just doesn't fight other head coaches after the games, <laughs> I think he'll be fine. That's his that's his biggest issue, I'd say, right now. That's a big uh, if. Yeah. But yeah, player like relationship sort of stuff. I feel like he's he's super strong in. So shout out him as well. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh sort of the next thing that we're gonna get into, just all the people who have entered the transferred portal and maybe sit, uh, you know, make some some uh you know broad predictions on where they're gonna go. Obviously, this is impossible to tell where these people are going to go. There's so many people who are talking to all these players at the same time. But we'll throw in our two cents just for shits and giggles. Uh, but yeah, just to list off sort of the names here, and then we can definitely go through them. This is according to tons of people, but the top, top prospects available in the transfer portal currently. Max Abmus, uh, Abmus, however you want to say his name, from, of course, Oral Roberts, averaging 20-plus. Hunter Dickinson. Uh, you know, junior center from Michigan, LJ Cryer, which is a massive surprise for me. Really good guard from Baylor. Uh, possibly the biggest surprise of them all, Ryan Nemhard uh, from Creighton, uh, which yeah. is another recent one too. And everyone sort of expected, uh, you know, Creighton's starting five all to come back because that is a ridiculously good squad. But he's out. Ace Baldwin, A10 player of the year out of VCU. Kellel Ware, uh, the seven footer from Oregon, who's a five star recruit a top, top prospect, tons of other guys, Joe Girard too. That's kind of a small one from Syracuse, but I like him. So I wanted to throw him in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, we can, we can start off with Max Abemus in general. Do you have any general predictions or just thoughts on him? Well, I will always lean to like, I, I fully believe if Paul Mills had stayed, uh, or Robert's coach who just got the Wichita state job, I think Max probably would have stayed. 
maybe. I don't know. He seems like a loyal guy. So part of me wants to just say, I'm going to throw my hat and say he's going to Wichita State. Like, I think he can, if him and Paul Mills can can shine there and kind of bring themselves back up from a couple of run they had. They had some relevancy a couple of years ago, kind of been on the downslope since then. So my heart says Wichita State right now, but I, can I just keep throwing Indiana and in all of these two? Like, <laughs> we'd love them. We'll love to take them. So I'll say Indiana also. <laughs> I think Udeg should be a really good fit at IU as well. I think they were hunting, I think, big time for Caleb Love. Maybe to, yeah. to that two-guard spot. Obviously, with the, you know Xavier Johnson coming back, they don't really need a point guard. But they kind of just need high-volume score uh, next to X in the backcourt, I would say. That's, That's a big shout. Um, Wichita State, I think, is the obvious one just because of the coach's movement. And, yeah, like you said, they are a good program, too. They haven't really shown it the past three or four years. But, I mean, uh, the 2010's VCU was – Maybe one of the best programs in the country. So I'd like to see them come back. Sure. Shout out Shocker Nation. Uh, <laughs> but a couple other landing spots you could go as well. I've heard a lot of K-State uh, murmurs because they're going to hit the portal you know, pretty hard as well with losing a couple of key guys there. I've heard a lot about Baylor. The Baylor Bears losing LJ Cryer. They're going to be looking for guys as well in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure basically everyone in the country is going to be looking after this guy, which is something we may say for you know a lot of the guys coming up as well. But I'd say if you're a betting man, Wichita, Wichita is definitely the way to go. For sure. Uh, moving along to the next one, another massive surprise. Hunter Dickinson is leaving Michigan. And, and like you said, it. I feel like it, this one does have to do with money more than anything else. Just because like he could have gone to the draft likely the past three years and he hasn't. And now he's just like, oh, like I might as well make as much NIL money as possible before yeah. I go undrafted. But yeah. Any Any thoughts on where he might go? I know there's definitely a few that uh, are pretty obvious here. So I kind of have two on, on the radar. Uh, the first being Maryland, who would he would stick in the Big Ten, which is always – that just seems like a shitheel move that Hunter Dickinson would do because yeah. he's kind of a, kind of an ass. Uh, the reason – because they just uh, – Maryland just hired his former high school coach, a way he co- was coaching at Virginia Tech, Mike Jones. Uh, Maryland just hired him, so there's probably some synergy there. And then if not, because – also, uh, Dickinson's one of these like DMV guys, you know, played high school ball there. So I'm thinking maybe if there's some waves for Georgetown there with their new hire as well. Um, so I would consider them as well. But it just uh, just depends if he wants to stay and kind of be like, a, oh, I'm going to go scorch earth on Michigan, actually. But I feel like I feel like he likes Michigan, though. I feel like he loves Michigan. So I would see him maybe going to Georgetown. But if I were a betting man, I'd maybe – I'd maybe do Maryland. I don't know. But uh, what do you think? Those are definitely the two that I think are at the top of his list. I think Duke is in consideration as well, just because they are looking for a big Derek Lively. It looks like, well, I don't know if he should go to the draft, but it looks like he is going to. So they do have a mm-hmm. hole in that center spot, it seems. But yeah, out of Maryland and Georgetown, I would lean possibly to Georgetown just because kind of bringing that program up from his obscurity would be a, a pretty cool thing, I think, for him. Yeah, Maryland. I mean, Maryland is returning Jameer Young, though, which is massive. And I mean, you mentioned the high school coaches, which is pretty important as well. As well, it's a toss up, I think, between those two, really. But I think I would lean a little bit towards Georgetown, just because I think that'd be a lot cooler spot for him. Very Uh, nice, sweet. Moving on here, uh, let's go over to uh Ryan Nemhard, and I'll I'll start us with this one. Um, this was a shocker. Uh, like I had mentioned, I don't think many Creighton fans thought he was going to enter it. Sort of a two-year guy there already. They handed him the keys. I mean, I think he was playing around 35, uh, 40 minutes a game last year. 
yeah, I would assume pretty much everybody's going to go after this guy. The couple that I've heard uh, big time off the bat here, first off, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Obviously, his brother, that's where he attended uh, school, and uh, they are going to be looking for some guards. I know uh, their one guard, Salas, has entered the portal, and I think Strother was a senior. I don't know. He, he's been there forever. He should be. Yeah. Not. Uh, but they're always going to hit the transfer portal hard as well. It's Gonzaga. Uh, the second one that I've heard a lot, too, is actually Arizona. I mean, they lost Courtney Ramey, obviously, being a senior who was a transfer, and then Kirk Creesa. Uh, which I don't know if that's a, necessarily a big loss for them, but just means they need guards. Yeah, it uh, might help them. Yeah, uh, but Nemhard would be a, a big time get for them. But yeah, any other teams for you that kind of stand out of where you could go? Yeah, those are the only, since this one's so fresh, I think that's yeah. that, those are the only two really on my radar. But like like you said, with Zona, Carissa went to West Virginia, which by the way, that seems like a really random spot for Carissa to land. I don't yeah. know if him and Bobby Huggins are going to meld very well, but we'll, we'll see there. But, but yeah, I think because, because there's still that Gonzaga connection with Tommy Lloyd, um, who is an assistant probably when his brother played also. So I would lean either of those two. It just depends if he wants to be warm or if he wants to be wet, I guess. So Gonzaga would be a little rainy. Arizona would not be. So in Midwest, you kind of get all of that. So maybe we'll see if he leans more than the other, but but yeah, I would imagine everyone's going after this guy because he's a true point guard. And if you're missing a point guard, then you might want this guy. I I would agree with you. I don't either Arizona or Zags. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I will throw this out there as well. I mean, I'm on Purdue Twitter, but there have been some murmurings of of wanting to recruit him just because him and Ed, if Edie does come back, they're right. both on like that Canada whatever U21 team that had success in in the Olympic Nationals or whatever. Uh, but that's definitely not gonna happen but anyway moving swiftly on though talk a little bit about lj crier i think one of the more underrated uh people in the portal and kind of the same situation everybody wants him gonzaga is definitely up there houston i've heard is really coming after him hard jamal shed uh, needs a new backcourt pairing and uh, arkansas as well muscleman he's going to do a lot in the portal i think uh too um basically everybody in the big 12 i believe wants this guy too yeah K-State, Kansas, all the big guns are definitely going after Oklahoma State. I think it was going after him hard just because like they've seen him the most, obviously they know like how good this guy is. So there's a lot of names and contentions, but anybody in there you like uh, as like a favorite for them? I like Houston for sure. I think that's, that's, that's good. Um, Arkansas, just, just by the way, Arkansas has made contact. Do you know how many players Arkansas has made contact with in the transfer portal? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I'll guess like 150. Well, 84, that's, that's, <laughs> but still absurd. Like, can you, what if all of them commit? Um, but yeah, so Arkansas, you know, is going after a lot of people and I wonder if that's going to, I it probably won't hurt them in the long run, but you know, they just had their, their hand in a lot of cookie jars. I like Houston. Uh, I like K state, but a couple big 10 teams too. Indiana's going after him too. And as well as Illinois and Nebraska, I don't see him going to Nebraska, but you know, that might happen. Illinois has been a big landing spot for a bunch of transfers, especially last year. Um, and there's also that, that Baylor connection with uh, Meyer coming from, from Baylor to Illinois and had some success. So could see some of that going on, but if not, I, I think Houston, but it, it just depends if like, if he wants to stay in state, but go to a different conference or something like that. So, so if that's the case, I'd go Houston. If he doesn't want to, if he's one of those guys that wants to play against his teammates, then, then I don't know. We'll see. Those guys always fascinate me. 
who yeah. just decide to go in conference somewhere else. They're, they're like, oh, do they even ever really mesh here or like us? But yeah, so I like Houston. Yeah, I would probably back that as well. My favorite there would be Houston. I think Illinois is a really good shout. Obviously, Taryn Shannon coming from the Big 12 too. Um, yeah. And of course, the Matthew Meyer connection, like you said. I love how Nebraska is kind of just involved in all these people. Uh, Kirk <laughs> Risa also took a visit ne- to Nebraska. I think everybody yeah. wants to play with uh, Tamaninga, who's a, who's a electric. I love him. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I would play with him. Absolutely. Oh, I, he's, I, he's awesome. But uh, yeah, Cryer, again, kind of the same thing with Nemhart. He could let it go anywhere, and I would not be too surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, past that, moving on to not necessarily a couple of the smaller ones, maybe the smaller names. We can definitely start off with Kella Ware, who, of course, is that Oregon recruit. And I definitely want to throw it over to you because uh, IU is heavily, heavily involved in, in this contest and would probably be my pick off the bat of, of the most likely place he's going to go. Yes, uh, he had an in-campus uh, visit this week. Uh, mm-hmm. As we're recording this, he was in Bloomington today. Um, oh. He's off He's off to Alabama now, just making the rounds. But yeah, there's a lot of buzz because he was, Kalel Ware was down here as well as, I believe, uh, the Harvard guy, Chris Ledlam, mm-hmm. was in town as well from Harvard. And there's one other guy in town. I don't remember who it was, but... But yeah, we have obviously some some big shoes to fill in, in Trace Jackson Davis and, and and Race Thompson. We don't really have any bigs right now except Malik Renew um coming back, who played a little sheepish at times and played like a true freshman and a little inconsistent, but I think can develop. But he needs some help. We've got that kind of and uh we picked up a ball state uh big uh this I think a week or two ago. So we're definitely those are the spots we're looking to fill first and foremost. Um so yeah seven footer from Oregon a former five star would would be a great start. I it does concern me a little bit when Woody was talking about how he never like had to like play through a big guy before and we had to do that with Trace. Like in the NBA he just like never did that with the Knicks or the Hawks or anything. Mm-hmm. So it'd be it'd be interesting to see like what he can do with him. Obviously, I think he's better at developing guards per se, maybe. But I like him. He looks good. I watched some clip on him today, obviously. So um, I would love to have a nice seven footer if Edie stays or if he declares. I don't think Edie is portaling. I think it's either he declares or stays. I don't know what your what the Purdue vibe is and the tea leaves over there. But if Edie's staying, it would be nice to get a seven footer in here with people like like Dickinson leaving the conference too and, and the Rutgers guy that I don't know how to pronounce his last name. So it'd be nice to get some bigs in there and help out. So Cliff Amore, I believe is what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think IU is heavy favorites or at least betting odds probably right now. And um yeah, in theory, if Edie does come back, I mean that's gonna be a hell of a matchup a couple times a year. Um so that'd, that'd be, be fun. But I do agree. I think Woody he does like his guards. I mean, I think that really shows in Jalen Hutchifino this year, just Definitely. his improvement um, from the first f- couple games to where he was at even midseason. I think is astronomical. But yeah, I would be surprised if he didn't go to IU. Obviously, like you said, he is taking a, a visit to Bama, which another just like low key school who I feel like really hits the transfer portal hard, and mm. they they've lost a lot of key guys too. Obviously, Gunboy. Um, so they're going to be boy. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Miller. but they're going to be involved in a lot of this as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, the muscle man, he, he's here too. Arkansas has been in talks with, with where as well. And Memphis has, has got some rumblings too. shout out Penny, who, uh, I think is one of the better low key recruiters, um, not in a power five for sure. Um, mm, definitely. I think could make an impact on this as well. 
I low-key does hope he goes to IU. I think that'd be a really good fit for him. Uh, but yeah, like you said, just crazy athletic seven-footer. He could have gone to the NBA this year and probably been a late first-round pick. But yeah, might as well come back and try and be like a top-five pick next year. So I think that's kind of the best choice for him overall anyways. Moving on, uh, I mean, we, we can throw out pretty much anywhere we want here. The last guy who I did want to name was Ace Baldwin, who he's a good player. He was the A-10 player of the year at VCU. I mean, he only averaged like 12 points a game, though, so it's not like a massive, massive star coming out of this conference. But he's gotten a lot of people talking to him. I think Maryland and Penn State have been the two that I've seen the most. Uh, I've also – shout out uh, Aiden Cotter. I've seen Dayton throwing out a bunch, too. I don't know why he would do that, but I think all mm. the fans just want him there. Uh, <laughs> but my pick probably would be Penn State. I think Penn State is going to be active. Obviously, losing Micah Shrewberry is a big loss. I think a lot of the younger guys may be on the way out. So bringing in, you know, a lot of, you know, maybe uh, mid-major guys would be the right way to go. Um, yeah. Any thoughts on, uh, on ACE? I agree with you. I think Penn state, because, um, you know, Shrewsbury has gone, but you know, who they hired was the VCU coach. So yeah. I think uh, that would seem like a, the the best fit playing a little bit, a uh, bigger ball in big 10 basketball. And, uh, and yeah, I think since he succeeded under uh, Rhodes, I think is his name, the Paul, uh, I don't know if it's Paul Rhodes, but maybe Rhodes Mike? is, uh, I don't know, Mike Rhodes, maybe. Um <laughs> But yeah, I think he, you know, they're going to need some guard play. They're probably losing, um, uh, you know, all those, all those guys. So, so yeah, they're going to need some guards. They're going to need probably everybody, I think. So, so yeah, if to keep that program in the right direction, I think, I think it'd be a good spot for him to be. So yeah, I think Penn state. Yep. I bag it. Any other transfers you wanted to talk about at all? That was pretty much my list. Be on the lookout for Caden Shedrick too, uh, from Virginia. Yeah. Also, kind of a big name. I uh, believe he actually committed uh, to Duke. From oh, did he commit already? Oh, nice. Yeah. I think that was a massive again, sort of that in conference transfer, which is really is. weird. But yeah, good player. I think Virginia's going to miss him a lot. So I guess Duke does have a center. Maybe Dickinson won't go there because of that. But yeah, that's a really weird one. I thought uh, I definitely want to know more of the backstory sort of sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy. And yeah, we kind of rattled through all the ones. Uh, oh, I think L. Ellis just declared today, too, from yeah, Louisville. He's good. So that's and he's like their best. He was their best player all year. He was just stuck on a team that was just had no weapons around him and had just a coach who was just like, yeah, I just love being here, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think he'd be a good asset for anybody. Dude can ball. Um, so we'll see if he floats around somewhere and I don't know where he's from. So I don't know if he wants to hover around Kentucky or if like Kentucky swoops in there or something like that, or, or a smaller school, maybe a Memphis or a Tennessee or something, but, but we'll see there. Be on the lookout for that. I don't know if, um, if Jaden Epps is a, is a crazily sought after, uh, from Illinois point guard, you know, he was kind of pretty hit or miss all year, kind of inconsistent. Um, but if you're looking for a, a point guard with big 10 caliber play, maybe on the lookout for him. I also had Joe Girard written down, written down yeah. um, <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. He just something with about that goatee, man, it, it gets to you. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, look out for him. And then I already mentioned Chris Ledlam because I think I use going after him pretty hard from Harvard. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is Hakeem Hart from Maryland also. Yeah out portal and somewhere, but those were kind of the big ish names. And again, Arkansas has made contact with 84. So maybe all these people go to Arkansas, who knows, but it's electric. There's a lot of names out there still. And a lot of, uh, a lot of time before the deadline when people have to make their decisions. So it's exciting yeah. and scary also, because you, you get your hopes up and then you're crushed. So I don't like to read too much into the tea leaves of where people think they're going. 
if they're going to if I use on that list. So I just like to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, well said. And um, yeah, it's going to be really, really fun to see how it shapes out. But definitely a crazy start to the, to the portal altogether. Uh, sure. but we, moving on to our last little segment of the show here. We're just going to do a quick prediction, uh, kind of the way too early top 25 of college basketball. They always do that. We're just going to do it way too early, a couple teams that we really like for next year. And we're going to say uh, just teams not named UConn as well, because obviously <laughs> they are bringing back some guys. And, uh, you know, going back to back, that's hard to do, but kind of boring to talk about. But, yeah, uh, I'll actually start us off. And um, I will be – well, actually, no, I, I won't be boring. But the first two I did want to mention as well, FAU and Miami, if nobody transfers yeah. out. Those are super obvious ones. So just throw those out there. But past those, my first pick is actually going to be Arizona, who obviously we were talking about. They nice. lost Ramey. They lost Kirk Creesa, which, again, I think is probably a good thing for them. But they still have Tibelis. They still have Balo, which I think is not really fair still. <laughs> two best bigs in the country. And uh, sort of after, like, an upset year, obviously they, they lost to Princeton in the first round, which is unbelievably embarrassing, even coming from a Purdue fan. Come on now. But I think after, like, a big upset, teams usually tend to bounce back a little bit. The most obvious case, you know, Virginia, UMBC, the next year they come back and win it all. I don't think that's going to be Purdue this year. So the other big upset was Arizona. So I'd say they're, yeah. uh, they're definitely a team to look out for. Uh, if Tubelis is, you know, can stay healthy and, you know, Balo keeps doing what he's doing, they're going to be a tough team to see in March. But yeah, that would be my first pick. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Kind of, well, kind of on a similar vein, but not, but, but not, not major. I'm going um Marquette here. Um, you know, they're return, you know, they had an early exit in the tournament to a really good and hot Michigan state team, but I don't think that should overshadow that these guys were the, the big East regular season and tournament champions this year. Then they have a really good chance of running the whole thing back. You know, there, there are some guys that have fringe cases maybe of making the draft, but like Tyler Cole going to be back. I think cam Jones is coming back. will almost certainly return. So they already had one of the best offenses. Um, and I think that they, they can very much run it back. And I think Shaka now is, you know, he's got a little taste of success and he had a Shaka-esque exit in the tournament as he always does. But I don't think that should mean that they won't be good in the regular season because Shaka always delivers in the regular season. That's for sure. So I'll be on the lookout for, for Marquette next year. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I mean, Loki maybe, I mean, obviously the Big 12, but maybe the best conference in the country, Loki, uh, especially tournament-wise this year. And yeah, they won the Big East regular season and the Big East tournament. Like you said, yeah. not easy to do. So I like them as well. Uh, my second team, kind of a sleeper pick here and maybe a little bit unpopular, but I'm going to throw out North Carolina. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I think losing Caleb Love, sort of like Kirk Risa, is going to help them. Help. Uh, yeah. I was pretty surprised that RJ Barrett and Baycott uh, both are coming back for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, hopefully, I mean, we can hope that Baycott is going to be healthy. Who knows if that's going to happen? But if yeah. he is, I think they could be dangerous. They have a really nice recruiting class coming in as well. Um, it looks like they're starting five as of now. I mean, they're they're going to go for the transfer portal as well. They always do. But as of now, it looks like they would be starting three freshmen and then two super, super seniors. So I kind of <laughs> like that mix for them as well. Uh, kind of just that new sort of, sort of fresh blood coming in too and, and kind of changing up their their offensive style, which I think is a, is a must as well. But yeah, kind of just a sleeper, North Carolina. I think they'll be back next year. I like it. I think it's like a, it's one of those prove it years. I think, you know, we had the oh. success, then we soiled it. Now let's, 
make sure we can actually run this back. And without all the expectations of being like number one and all that, I think the expectation is like middle of the pack to start and then they'll prove their worth and, and, and bump up. So I'm with you there. I'm with you. Also then um, ranked preseason number one probably didn't help like their team chemistry. Um, yeah, it's definitely a prove it or lose it year, I think, for for Hubert. So hopefully he stays around. I think he's an okay coach. Yeah. Then my second team, one to look out for. We kind of we were talking about them heavily in, in transfer news. Um, I think Arkansas can really make a run. I think that this Arkansas team could have been a much different team if uh Trayvon Brazil, you know, tore his ACL in in yeah. towards the end of the season and sidelined him for the remainder. So and he announced he is coming back. So I think that, you know. They're probably going to lose Ricky Council, I would assume. He hasn't – I don't think he's – has he declared yet? I don't know if he has yet. I think but... he did the past couple of days. Did he? Okay. Well, so, I mean, that was to be expected. So, I still think that, you know, Arkansas will reload in the portal. They're known – they've been known to do that. Um, They've got some good freshmen coming back or uh, sophomores. And, you know, I think they can make an immediate impact. So, I would look out for that, and I would look out for Brazil to have another one of those, like, prove it years to kind of build up his resume too so uh, as much as i you know dislike the must bus i it's hard not to get off it so i'll go with the, i'll go with muscleman and the hogs i like that dude like you said all, all the people they've reached out to they're going to get a couple of good transfers i would think um definitely one to look out for uh woo pigs uh but awesome that will wrap up uh pick and roll episode four another fun one i want to thank all you guys if you're still you know kicking around here and listening also make sure to uh, check out <laughs> cab and uh, the rough cut retrospective i believe that you guys actually just and i think we did too actually i think we both released the new episode uh in the past couple days here so definitely check those out uh i believe you guys did psycho right that's definitely uh, one i'm gonna have to check out yes we did psychos out today wherever you get your podcasts nice love that obviously check out rcr and cap um, and let us know if you want more pick and roll. So like, like we were saying in the past episode, this is a show that, you know, we definitely enjoy doing something. I think we definitely can continue, but obviously let us know if, if that's something you guys would want to see. But yeah. Past that. Appreciate you listening. Thanks a lot. Peace.